0: Turkey Call All Access, the official podcast of the National Wild Turkey Federation, brought to you by Tetra Hearing. Turkey Call All Access is a digital campfire where we discuss topics of the day, conservation efforts, tips and techniques to better your experience in the field, and our members' stories. Welcome back to the Turkey Call All Access podcast. We have a great episode this week. We're catching up with Emily Cram and Cliff Cadet. Both Emily and Cliff are NWTF storytellers. Emily is an NWTF main chapter board member, and Cliff is the president of the NWTF NYC chapter. We talk about how their turkey season is going and some of the events that you can expect to see in their respective states. We'll get into that and more in 90 seconds.
1: Hey y'all, I'm Jason Hart, founder of Nomad Hunting Clothing. At Nomad, we're bringing simplicity and authenticity back to hunting. Whether you hunt to escape your hectic work life, for locally sourced organic meat, or to socialize with friends, to uphold your favorite family traditions, we're with you and we do the same. At Nomad, we understand your gears and investments, so our products are engineered and priced for every hunter, tested in the real world, and designed to last. Hunting is in all of us. Nomad is with you.
2: Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops in Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com conservation.
3: Hey guys, this is Aaron with The Hunting Public. Each spring we head to the woods chasing turkeys and one overlooked product that we use religiously is Sawyer Permethrin. We've used it for years to keep ticks off of us and it's worked extremely well. We don't like messing around with Lyme disease, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, anything like that. So I would highly recommend if you're a spring turkey hunter spending any time in warmer climates in the outdoors to use Sawyer Permethrin. Learn about their advanced insect repellents and family of technical lightweight water filters at Sawyer.com.
0: We're here with um, Emily Cram and Cliff Cadet, and we're just doing a catch-up with them on um, their turkey season. Um, If you guys have not seen Cliff or Emily uh, on our social media feeds, I'm sure you will in the future. Um, Emily is on, and correct me if if I get this wrong, but you're on um, the main, is it the state board or...
4: Yes. Yeah. The, um, just on the board with, with the state of Maine.
0: Yep. All right. And Cliff is, um, the, uh, part of the, the New York city chapter. Um, you may have seen his Instagram account, urban archery, NYC. Let's just do some introductions. If you guys want to just talk about a little bit about who you are, um, how you got involved with the NWTF and, uh a fun fact about yourself uh, we will start with with emily
4: okay um so i'm emily cram and i am based out of maine uh these days and um I've been hunting for about 12 years, I guess. And I started with turkeys. That's kind of, well, I started working in elk hunting outfit, actually, which kind of introduced me to hunting in general. Um, and then my first time actually hunting was turkeys. And it just totally sucked me in <laughs> the the call and response. Just the engagement that you have with hunting turkeys is... Um, i think it's super unique it's early mornings it's um you can hunt before you go to work which i find fabulous (laughs) um i work for inland fisheries and wildlife at the main wildlife park so i work uh, to help educate people who don't get the chance to be out in uh, in the world that most of us are you know hunting and fishing and recreating uh and I got involved with NWTF. um, It's been a few years now. um, Just always kind of giving and being a member. uh, And then more recently trying to get involved with the state chapter uh, and kind of a, I'll, I'll include this as kind of my fun fact and Mm -hmm. um, how I got connected. So as a kid, my grandfather used to give us uh a hundred dollars each grandchild to give back in one way, shape, or form, so
5: mm-hmm.
4: for christmas and so it was just a philanthropic act, so we could give that in five dollar donations to every to anyone or any place that we wanted um or it could be a hundred dollars somewhere and so I had always been passionate about animals so. As soon as I got involved with turkey hunting, it was no brainer to me that that was going to be, you know, one of my few conservation groups that I gave to every year. So that kind of installed the kind, the philanthropic kind of giving back and investing in things that I care about to give back and maintain for the future.
0: So, kudos to your grandpa. That's like a really cool idea. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Because it forces you, and we had to come and report back with all of the grandchildren, so my siblings and cousins, and we'd sit around and um, each had to tell him what we gave
0: to every. Were there receipts required, or was this just based <laughs> on your word?
6: <laughs>
4: but for a long time, obviously our parents helped us out, and now it's I think it's second nature to us now, which is pretty cool.
0: Awesome. And yeah. for, I guess people will not be able to see this, um, but behind Emily's head is a menagerie of, of Turkey legs and beards, which is awesome. <laughs> She's certified. <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to talk about some of those in a minute. Um, Cliff, why don't you kind of give us the spiel? Who are you? Um include that fun fact in there i'm sure there's there's many (laughs)
5: um all right so i'm cliff cadet um straight out of queens new york city um i've been hunting for about four possibly five years now so i'm that adult onset hunter um let's see i got involved with the nwtf back in 2021 when i was invited to be uh In a piece in a Turkey call magazine, um, which was really cool. That was my first real exposure to the organization. And in 2021, the the author of that piece had kind of planted the seed up in my head, letting me know that at the time there wasn't an NWTF chapter in New York City. So I'm proud to say that as of last year, as of July of 2022, there is now. Uh, and a new york city chapter of the nwtf which i'm proudly serving as the president of so um just having a blast uh getting that off the ground um you know we're planning events, activities got our uh our first annual fundraiser coming up um you know this summer uh what else um fun fact about me um I'm i'm a ups driver (laughs) <laughs> yes, um, so you know, um, I don't get to hunt during the week, which uh, like most folks do, or sometimes you know weekdays and such. So I have to take advantage of being the quote, "unquote" uh, weekend warrior, if you will, um, to get out in the woods. And whatnot.
0: Yeah, and I love it. If you, if you know people are familiar with your your account, they'll see you uh, practicing. In your track which is i
5: love
6: yes. <laughs>
5: i i have a blast with it because uh, i i basically terrorize all the dogs on my route um they, and so it, it's gotten to the point where even when i'm not calling uh practicing my turkey calls they go berserk when they see me you know because mm-hmm. they already know um a funny story i was delivering to um a two-story home with a, a balcony um Right above me, I was delivering and practicing my turkey calls one afternoon, and I'm walking away after dropping off this package, and I'm like, I feel like someone was staring at me, or whatever. So I turned (laughs) around, saw nothing, then looked up, and it's this big old cat just perched his head like half his body like through the gate the railings that were up there on that uh balcony like he was ready to pounce on me <laughs> so <laughs> i guess it's not just the dogs that i'm bugging but the cats want to get at me too
0: oh yeah man you never know what you're going to accidentally call in when you start uh making turkey sounds
5: <laughs> yeah
0: I, I i've got a little there's a an an urban park that's just down the road from my house and before the season i went out there and in a morning and just practiced my calling and called in a coyote like within about 20 yards of me and got a really cool video of it and was like oh my god (laughs) like that was like i knew that was possible but i didn't really expect it in this particular park (laughs) but let's go ahead and talk about uh your guys's turkey seasons and we can kind of segue um, from that, into I, I want to talk a little bit about the the work that that you all are involved in, um, in your respective states. Um, obviously, Cliff, you're how much, how
5: long is your season? May 1st to May 31st.
0: May 31st. Okay. So you still got, still got a little ways, two weeks yeah. left. So is your season still open, Emily?
4: Oh, yeah. No, we're about the same.
6: Uh, okay.
4: June like fourth it's
1: the or
0: that saturday oh, wow. after um the 31st so I, I am jealous my season is closed
1: oh no <laughs>
0: <laughs> i did get a bird though we can maybe talk about that later but yes. the uh, uh, yeah it's funny cuz to me it's like well spring's over you know we've had like a 91 92 degree day already and wow. i guess for everybody in the south uh, we're Missouri's not the South. uh I'll fight people on that, but these <laughs> <laughs> Kansas cities not um, it's I don't know it feels like summer now, but um Cliff, I wanted you to tell people about the Long Island hunt because I am sure that they have seen the turkeys in Long Island assaulting police cars and generally <laughs> causing <laughs> causing problems. That's at least the meme that's gone around is like turkeys chasing people in Long
5: Island. Well, well that's where, where you see where you see that the, um, the those videos, that's actually in the city. Um, Long Island is east of actually the five boroughs that make up um, New York City. And a lot of those videos that you see in the city, those turkeys are actually in Staten Island or up in the Bronx. So it's like, you'll see, you'll see turkeys out, out in uh, front of some apartment buildings on top of cars. You see, um, that this popular one, um, that's been circulating is the, the one in Staten Island where the turkeys are attacking like the cop cars or the cops are literally trailing, you know, a bunch of turkeys just strutting along the the, <laughs> the street and whatnot. So it's, it's hilarious, but Long Island, um, I guess the turkey population has, there's been a huge boom in the turkey population because the New York State D.C. saw fit to kick off this, uh, you know, Long Island's first spring turkey season. What I understand, they've had a fall turkey season since 09, um, but again, this is their first spring turkey season.
0: Oh, that's odd that it's, you would think it'd be the other way around. Um So what is, so kind of give me the rundown, like what, what is the area that you're hunting in like, like, is it a over a hundred acres, less than a hundred acres? What, what is it like?
5: Oh, wow. Uh, I wouldn't be able to tell you the acreage, to be honest. I don't know that off the top of my head. It was one of those where, all right, so because of what my work schedule is like being able to uh roost birds is almost impossible for me because um mm-hmm. I'd have to leave work at like two three o'clock in the afternoon in rush hour traffic just to get you know out on the island by like especially where I was hunting it's already an hour drive from where I live, and then on top of that rush hour traffic you know just to be able to roost birds so um I luckily have you know built up enough of a network that I might you know uh post a question in a Facebook group here like, hey, has anybody heard any gobbles on this property and so on. Um, Now what happened with uh, Long Island is they work on a reservation um, system. So what happened was that uh, about probably a little less than a month before the season started. They held a drawing. Um, you were given a number and based on what that number was, you were given a specific day and time to call and reserve a specific parking spot um, on a specific property. So like um, where I was, was a piece of uh, a forest called uh, Rocky Point, And it's got, I want to say, over 40 different parking spaces and each parking space allows anywhere from one to two, um, cars to park, um, in that, in that area. Um, and based on where you park, will allow you to hunt that specific area within the forest. So, um, hmm. so for example, I was parked in spot 30 and, um, the only one car can fit there, but, um, they are allowed, you're allowed to each hunter is allowed to bring two hunters with them in the one vehicle. So potentially you know, there could be three, three hunters per car, per vehicle. And you're limited to, like I said, that one area in the forest that you can hunt. Um, And that's pretty much that's the way the reservation system works for that first week. Now, if I want to hunt or if any hunter wants to hunt Long Island uh, any week moving forward, um, they'd have to call on a Monday to hunt for the following week. So, for example, if I wanted to hunt any day and I could only choose one day one piece of public land, one parking spot, any day next week, I would have had to have called yesterday to find out any of those spaces are available and make a reservation for a specific day. And so every Monday you can call in to find out if what spaces are open for the following week. And uh, so that's what, <laughs> it's new to me from what I understand the fall deer season can be like that. As well, mm. like um, they've got a whole reservation system, so I'm totally new to it. Um, but it's it was a great piece of property up until um, I was explaining to you before we started recording, you know, uh, dealt with some locals that were wanted to mike and mountain bike uh, through the property while we're uh, my buddy got a shotgun in hand. <laughs> so,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, that's really interesting because I there's those sorts of I feel like the closest thing that I could relate to that would be like in waterfowl hunting, the like the draw system that some states have um, where you Ooh. have to you can like apply online and then you like draw. And then everybody else has to sort of like wait in the poor line, like in person. And they may or may not get a spot, um, which is an interesting sort of. When you're you're managing hunting pressure, I imagine it in a place like New York city, um, and in a place where there's a lot of other, um, sort of recreational users. That's, that's, I, 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 I wonder how that, um, might look in the future for other places. Um, because like in Missouri, for example, um, there's been a little bit more emphasis now on opening, um, or at least encouraging like hunting access and, um, and participation in urban spaces versus just telling everybody to drive 40 minutes to an hour to go hunt somewhere far away from them. Um, you know, we have a lot of, in my area, I have a lot of like limited tag deer hunts and, and things like that. Um, and it's a similar situation where are like, these are areas in the rest of the year, there's a lot of hikering, biking, um, you know, just people doing whatever. And then, Come November, though, you've got a group of hunters that's out there. That's really... So is it the the land that you're working in, is it like a big contiguous piece and people are parking in different spots or is it like separate properties?
5: No, it's just one huge piece of property. Um, and the parking spots can be accessed by... Um, like so my my parking spot for the zone that i could hunt that i had the reservation for my parking spot was literally on the side of the road so which was um that road was literally on the the perimeter of this property so i literally just came off the main highway drove like another five ten minutes and pulled over on the side of the road and i was good to go and i just hiked into a trail and just went from there um other the other um the other parking spots are accessible by dirt roads. Um, some also accessible by main roads on the outside, or uh, may, uh, you know paved roads that may cut through um, the property. But yeah, for the most part, they're easily accessible. They're all basically all accessible by car, so you can just drive in. Uh, look for, um, (laughs) where, uh, your spot is, where it's like huge numbers. So it's visible, except of course, uh, at night, um, and, uh, yeah, and that's it. You can easily get to your spot. You gotta, what's funny was about the, the weekend before, um, I went to hunt the property. I, um, I went to do some scouting and it was like 4.30 in the morning and I'm driving and I'm thinking, um, I'm passing residential property because I see this one car parked and I'm thinking they're in their driveway. Really, this one car was parked in the spot that I was going to because somebody else had the same idea. The guy had, I had a reservation uh. for Saturday. He had a reservation for that Tuesday. So him and his buddy had parked there. So I couldn't see the parking spot sign. So I like drove past it. I'm like, I'm going to have to wait for it to get lighter so that I could see whether or not like where this sign is. And it turns out I really couldn't see it because this car was parked there. Did
0: you, uh, did you run into him?
5: Yeah. When I finally did park, um, you know, I'm, I'm ready to hike in. These two guys came walking out and I was like, Oh, so you heard anything? And they were like, no, nah, we didn't hear anything. And then at the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, right. And so <laughs> Liars. I, I, so, yeah, exactly. So uh, I got, I got back into my car and just sat there. You know, I made it look like I was looking at Onyx. You know, on my phone, mm-hmm. and um, I waited for them to pull off. And then I got out of my car and then I hiked in myself. But they were telling the truth. I didn't hear any gobbles either. So,
0: <laughs> all right. Well, what about you, Emily? How is your season gone? I saw that you helped a friend get on her first bird.
4: Yes, and. So the past couple years, last year and this year, I've helped some friends get their first turkeys, and I think I've like decided that's like way more fun than I could have ever thought. And um, I'll be honest. So we went. <laughs> she came in from Utah on opening the night with no on opening day, and um, she, we. She gets off the plane, we went for a hike, got lunch, came back to my house and it's kinda of like settling in. And I was like, Well, <laughs> there's two toms in the middle of the field. <laughs> How do oh. you feel? You wanna go? <laughs> so, um It was like, All right, here we go, like gear up and we could drive around so we could skirt kind of like part of the field and um, get to the spot that I was 90% sure they were going to pass through, get settled. And um, so we get there and it took them what felt like eternity to pop out into that field. And um, I, from game cameras and from just seeing them around, it was two nice toms and a couple hens that had been traveling together. So I was like, all right, like this is great and they came in and they just hung out like at the diagonal corner of this field which for i don't know 30 minutes at 80 yards Mm. just all puffed up and but of course you kind of just like your heart is like it wants to race, but it can't yet because it's
6: mm-hmm.
4: not moving. <laughs> and they weren't really gobbling. They were just all puffed up. You could hear the spitting and drumming though. And um so she'd been turkey hunting a couple times, but had had never had the opportunity to shoot a bird. And um so they stayed at the closest they got was fifty-six yards, went back to eighty. Um and I and then they went to roost and I tried getting really aggressive calling right at the end after the hen flew up that they were with and they started gobbling. And I was like, maybe I'll break them mm. and to my decoy. And meanwhile, I'd heard um birds roost behind us, like just the flap that you're the wing flapping. And so I was like, well, there's birds around like this is good. And so they all disappear take her my face mask down I'm like well you got the show like honestly like that was a very cool experience and we know they're there and we'll come back in the morning and and then her eyes just get really big and she is I'm leaning against a tree and behind me and she starts pulling her face mask back up
0: and <laughs>
4: three Jake's come tearing around the corner of this little Island of trees are in and start like attacking my decoy. And they must've flown down is the only thing I can think of because I'd gotten so aggressive. And so I was like, well, they're all small, but they're all legal. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, So, you know, I was like, it's up to you you know it's up to you and so um she got one and just you know jakes are so funny because she gets the one and they're just both standing there like huh
0: Huh?" Mm -hmm.
4: (laughs) and in maine we could she could have taken the two but i was like safety on like let's go get him you know and um She was over the moon and that like shaking and I was crying and
0: excited
4: (laughs) and trying to video her reaction and I'm getting like teary eyed thinking about it. It was so fun. And uh so she was just over the moon. And so then we I got to teach her how to process it too, which was super fun. Uh and then the next morning, was it the next morning? I think we drove to New Hampshire (laughs) and we got her, um, I got a New Hampshire, Tom, um, up in the kind of Northern woods of New Hampshire and, uh, got her a, a bird as well. And mine was, uh, I actually got to like climb up a hill of slash, like cut down branches and everything. And, um, it was a more non-traditional hunt I guess you would say (laughs) um and like spotted it and then just like crawled to it and um kind of popped up over a pile of brush and I thought it was a jake but I'd never shot a um, bird in that area so I, I didn't care and um Got there was Jake with him. Jake spooked. I got the Tom and I get to him, and he's got this beautiful, like eight inch beard, big, beautiful fan, and no spurs.
0: Oh, would, odd.
4: Yeah, it was like his one little nub, and then like the circle, you can tell where it would be. Um, and he only weighed 14 pounds, so I think he was a hmm. I think he was young, like I. I don't know, he has to be, I guess there was no other indicator that he was like an old bird mm-hmm. uh, and, but it was awesome in a cool place and, um, in the mountains and with friends and so, so it was, it was super fun. And then we went moose antler shed hunting, uh, cause in New Hampshire and Vermont, um, not sure what other States you can only hunt till noon too, so you're kind of mm-hmm. like racing the clock. um Where in Maine, you can hunt all day. Mm.
0: And yeah, then-
5: I'm jealous. All day? We're
0: one of those uh, 1 p.m. Yep. states. Okay.
5: you 1 p.m., we're 12. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We got that extra hour. Put yeah. us on the edge.
4: So, yeah, my girlfriend Lexi, she shot hers at like 7.40.
0: p.m. Oh, wow.
4: <laughs> yeah, it was like... This, it was legal, like legal was eight something. It was crazy. Huh. Yeah. Cause it was so light out. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So then she, we called in her bird, like a textbook turkey hunt, and she got a mm-hmm. nice 21 pound New Hampshire Tom. So that was awesome. Yeah. Cut it up and showed her how to, um, take the, like the fan home and, Packed her up and froze her up, and she brought it back to Utah with her. So,
5: all right,
0: yeah. Did she? uh, What? How did she? Did she fly? How did she get it
4: back? Yep, she flew. Um, So we froze it, kept it frozen for a few days, and then just kind of insulate, packed it, and um, I think she could have carried it. Probably, I've. I mean, I've carried fish back and forth, but um, we ended up checking it.
0: Was this in, like, a cooler, or did she go straight in the, like, (laughs) luggage?
4: Straight in the, like, wrapped it. (laughs) I
5: I can only imagine this piece of luggage going through an x-ray machine and a TSA agent, (laughs) like...
0: See some well, little toes in there just yeah. like...
4: <laughs> you might kill me for saying this, but she's a new turkey hunter so it's okay. But she on the second bird, she kind of got the shoulder and breasts like pretty good with the with her shot. So mm-hmm. we're like picking out the shot and I was like, I don't know that you can bring this through <laughs> as, a, as a carry-on because there's oh, that's like, a, lead. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure it would have with enough conversation, it probably would have been fine, but we we majority decided with friends, let's just check this,
0: <laughs> yeah, I have heard that like a yeti hopper makes you can use that and put stuff in it and like good to go like as a carry on, and I've never traveled and and shot a bird, so I've not tried it myself, but...
4: Yeah. Yeah, I've only brought fish back from Alaska in my carry-on, and it worked out.
1: That's the way to do it. Hey y'all, I'm Jason Hart, founder of Nomad Hunting Clothing. At Nomad, we're bringing simplicity and authenticity back to hunting. Whether you hunt to escape your hectic work life, for locally sourced organic meat, or to socialize with friends, to uphold your favorite family traditions, we're with you and we do the same. At Nomad, we understand your gears and investments, so our products are engineered and priced for every hunter, tested in the real world, and designed to last. Hunting is in all of us. Nomad is with you.
2: Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com slash conservation.
3: Hey guys, this is Aaron with The Hunting Public. Each spring we head to the woods chasing turkeys, and one overlooked product that we use religiously is Sawyer permethrin. We've used it for years to keep ticks off of us, and it's worked extremely well. We don't like messing around with Lyme disease, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, anything like that. So I would highly recommend if you're a spring turkey hunter spending any time in warmer climates in the outdoors to use Sawyer permethrin. Learn about their advanced insect repellents and family of technical, lightweight water filters at Sawyer.com.
0: So <laughs> speaking of um you mentioned moose hunting um that's something we should talk about for a second because we actually have <laughs> by the time this episode will come out um we'll have an episode of NWTF 365 um that's a moose hunting in Maine episode um and you did you get a moose this year or was that last year?
4: Uh it was this past fall. Yeah.
0: Wow. And yeah. that's a, so in your area, is it a tag draw or how does it work?
4: Yeah. So when you guys were discussing, like kind of like the reservation and tags, or, um, it is a lottery system. So in Maine, it is a very coveted thing, to be honest, um, as, as most lottery systems for any, any draw uh, hunt are. Um, but like thousands and thousands and, Tens of thousands of people put in for the Maine Moose Lottery, um, and they usually draw about 4,000 uh, permits a year. Mm-hmm. And the state is divided into wildlife management districts, um, and there's obviously more desired districts than others. And um, so I was very fortunate to get a pretty coveted tag last year. and um, it was pretty special, and you get six days because you can't hunt on Sundays in Maine, so mm. not all day, but we can't hunt on Sundays. So. Mm. Mm. so, you get Monday through Saturday for your moose hunt, and so you get assigned. So, when you uh, apply for your moose tag, you apply, you have your like one through 10 choice of district, and then you can choose antlered or antler lists or either or um if you're not picky and then um there's also weak preferences and I'm trying to remember if you can I usually just say it doesn't matter but um yeah so there's there'll be a week on of hunting, a week off of moose hunting, week on of it so it alternates on and off for I think there's three bull weeks and Two or three cow weeks, they're that are like cow specific, and there might be one that's both, but in different districts throughout the state. Mm.
6: Can, and can now, you that ask,
5: that oh no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I was just curious to know that alternating the one week on, one week off. Is that um the one week off? Is that absolutely no? Uh, moose hunting or do they give it's like um when you draw your tag use you, are one week on one week off and maybe another group of hunters hunts your week off
4: so it's moose no moose hunting at all and you only get six days so you get one week oh. um oh. so pretty because i've done it and i've been on some other friends moose hunts like it's very high pressure and because you mm-hmm. Well, in my eyes and my close friends' eyes, is you have to be prepared to be gone for eight day eight to ten days if you go up a day or two before to scout and kind of set up camp. And then you're you could not get a moose till Saturday evening, and then you're not gonna leave till Sunday, midday, the next day. So and like the zone I was in is as far away as you can possibly get. Um <laughs> and you have to bring everything with you. I mean, you're three hours to the nearest convenience store. So, um, like you need, to, or you're recommended to have special tires on your vehicle and you need to bring all your fuel, you know, like gas cans and your food. And luckily there's like springs, natural springs, if you know about them, um, or you could filter water. Um, and it's a pretty, it's a very, um, unique experience in Maine. It's a, usually people get a permit and it's like the whole family comes and it's this big event. Uh And I don't come from a hunting family. So I'm one of the only ones in my family that hunts. So it's a, I've been fortunate enough to go with good groups of friends that they have that kind of family <laughs> So I've kind of brought their family with me. <laughs> um, so it's a pretty special experience, a very like intimate experience. Um, it's funny, Carter Heath, which I don't, mm-hmm. you know, Carter. I don't know Cliff if you met him. Yeah, he's the best turkey nerd on the planet, and he was, he's been one of my biggest mentors. But he explained to me. He's like, they're kind of like hunting massive turkeys.
0: <laughs> ah yeah. I can so see
4: that. Here. <laughs> and um I was like, yeah, okay, Carter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I totally see the resemblance. These tiny little dinosaurs that like run around in the woods and make pterodactyl calls. And then this like massive, beautiful mammal. Like I'm not connecting the dots. And um but this fall, it is that it's the same call and response. They can come in silently, and you have no idea. Um, moose have a pretty good sense of smell, but like their vision isn't great, so it's like the opposite of turkeys. Um, and they fight when they're like running or like mating and just like really funny behavior between their own species and I was like, oh my God, this is like hunting turkeys. This is amazing.
0: (laughs) There there is something just like so cool about any type of hunt that has that like call and response aspect to it. Because it is so like I mean when you get, like, a turkey that gobbles back at you from, like, 20 or 30 yards, that feeling, you're just like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe this is happening right now. <laughs> and, yeah.
4: And you're like, it worked. Like, yeah, I, I'm talking like I, I'm not 100 percent sure what I'm saying, but I'm talking to, to them. You know, it's. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm uh, to be honest, I'm amazed it works every time I do it cuz I am not very good at calling. <laughs> but they whatever, you know, it's like, oh, I guess it works," which is I'm just glad that there's there's no other animals that do that to us, which would be wild. <laughs> if the turkeys started, you know, offering free pizza or something and that would be the trap for me at least. <laughs> a, um, so, a good
5: slice, a good slice never hurt anybody.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's it. Um, that's always our end of the successful hunt. Is this Casey's Pizza for us? Usually, me and my my friends, especially if we're like out in somewhere in rural Missouri, where that's kind of the only option is Casey's, the gas station pizza. Then that's like the go to. Um, <laughs> Cliff, I wanted to ask you um just about like uh so your experience thus far with the n y c chapter um you guys just had some events um you had a banquet not that long ago, right? It was like
5: no, no, actually it won't our first one won't be taking place until uh this the end of the summer oh okay,
0: yeah, what was i think was yeah. it it was an archery event then right yes
5: we held we held last year um all right so we kicked we became official as a chapter uh july of last year um and then september um when the nwtf was celebrating its conservation week at the end of that conservation week that saturday was i believe the national hunting and fishing day Mm -hmm. and we held a a youth and family archery event that engaged you know youth and families from the city um in their first archery lesson so it was really cool um had a couple of families show up my daughter had a bunch of friends from school engaged a lot of people that had never shot archery before so it was a lot of fun cool so a lot of fun yeah and um since then you know we've been doing a lot of fundraising for ourselves as a chapter, um, you know, just to be able to fund a couple of events coming up within the, you know, coming months. Um, like we're looking to hold, like, um, a, a sort of learn to hunt series, um, starting with a virtual, um, zoom call, you know, to discuss with people how to get started, especially, you know, from New York city, um, Introducing them to the idea of hunter safety, um, what the seasons are, what game is available to hunt in all of New York State, and probably what's most um, available to hunt close to the city. Because I hunt, um, everywhere I hunt is a, is less than two hours outside of the city, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that, that gives you... Let's see duck pheasant deer turkey um which is pretty awesome which a lot of people don't even know that they can do that so close to the city um i think that's one me personally as a hunter one of the biggest things for me or the biggest discoveries for me was learning about the public land that was just so close you know so close mm. to home um so the goal as this newly established chapter is to one uh, engage folks who have expressed interest, you know, in hunting um, or any outdoor activity for that matter, uh, angling, you know, fishing, hiking, whatever it may be, um, and then also engaging uh, NWTF members who live in the city and give it an opportunity to engage with each other and know, like, oh, wow, you're you're an NWTF member in Brooklyn and. I live only a couple blocks away from you. like one of my, um, uh, one, uh, chapter member who's been a member of the NWTF for a lot longer than I have has been a turkey hunter since he was a kid, lives in the heart of Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And, and he and I, I talk, uh, periodically and he's looking to volunteer and get more involved. Um, and I, and I think for a lot of the current members who live in the city, they're looking for the opportunity to be able to meet with fellow Turkey hunters or fellow hunters in general that live right there in the city along with them.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I mean, yeah, who would, who would have thought like, obviously when, when you first came to the NWTFs attention, I think people were surprised that anybody in Brooklyn was, was hunting in that area and let alone Mm. that we'd have more than one NWTF member there. It's, I I think it's super exciting, Um, and especially like what you said, like my my experience is similar in that, um, like I did not grow up hunting and um, the I learned to hunt in a a pretty urban environment and kind of realized, have realized over the past um, about eight years that I was like, oh, wow, there are all of these places to hunt around Mm me um that are you know you just if you don't have any grid for it it's or somebody to talk to about it you would never know you'd just be like exactly. like oh, that's weird like what is that place you might see like a little sign that says conservation area or whatever but not really think anything of it and they you just need that kind of in from somebody to be like oh yeah hey go uh Go check out you know the GIS maps for for your county, or go check out the Army Corps of Engineer maps, and you know those kind mm-hmm. of little little secret honey holes that are hard to find.
5: <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, I guess we're trying to create a a safe space, if you will, because sometimes I feel like a lot of the hunters that do live here in the city are wary of who they discuss hunting with because they don't know mm. who's for it, who's against it um you know and it's like um i it's all right so at work when i when i first um expressed interest in hunting i didn't know that the guy who parked his truck right next to me was a avid hunter he's been hunting for ages you know mm. and then and then once i knew that it, it would be like i come in in the morning he's like okay what do you want to know now you know, cause I'd, I'd be bugging him and picking his brain, but God bless him. Like he's endured me over, over the last couple of years. Now it's like, um, he, he's not really big in the turkey hunting. Um, he's a big deer hunter. And so like, um, I remember I was like, Oh, why don't, why don't you turkey hunt? He's like, no meat. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay. I get it. But, um, and, but now he bugs me. I come in every Monday. He goes, did you kill Turkey yet? And I'm like, nah. he goes, you're not a turkey hunter. You know, like he's always busting my chops. (laughs) Like he knows, knows, like he gets a kick out of, like when I get to work, I'll have a diaphragm call in my mouth and I'll sneak up behind a guy and yelp real loud in his ear and he jumps like 10 feet in the air and he gets a kick (laughs) out of that. So, because he knows what what I'm doing. Uh, So, yeah. Uh, So at the end of the day, it's like, I feel like there's, there's, it is maybe some like I said, folks within the hunting community out here may uh, are are looking for that camaraderie, looking for that fellow hunter that lives here and who who goes through the same thing that they do. You know, trying to figure out how they're balancing, um, uh, the whole logistics of getting out of the city and you know driving however many hours up north. Um, like all right, so um, the buddy uh that I have in Brooklyn, he won a contest. I forgot who was holding the contest and he won a a turkey hunt in texas so he just came back from Mm. texas a couple weeks ago you know um yeah and um and i think he he primarily hunts turkeys uh a couple hours north of the city in the Catskills. so he's like he's really into turkey hunting and even more importantly he's really into volunteering with the organization so it's like you know (laughs) Somebody mm-hmm. I could pick uh that can pick their brain about turkey hunting because he's been doing it for so long, and somebody I can rely on to sort of volunteer their time when it comes, when the, when the opportunity comes.
0: No, that's great. Um Emily, what is um I guess from from the Maine perspective, um what's kind of happening in Maine? What's what are some things that people can be excited about? Um if they're members uh in Maine and and sort of You know where? What are you excited about? Like with NWTF happening in your area?
4: Yeah. So I did. I want to commend Cliff on. So I knew knew NWTF was was this great conservation group, and it's Wild Turkey Federation. So they must only care about turkeys. But I was quickly corrected that that's not the case, and Mm -hmm. that. Holding, and so this goes into what maine is trying to do is also kind of branch out of like it doesn't have to just be a banquet and it doesn't have to just be a learn to turkey hunt event and that like an intro to archery and or like public land trash cleanups and pint nights or like getting to know each other and um things that aren't necessarily turkey based or what and WTF is encouraging and that at the end of the day, NWTF is they want to generate habitat and conservation and protection and access for lands that all hunters can use. And so mm-hmm. that was um I've been learning more about that lately um, as I've becoming more involved. And um that just makes it like even more of a no-brainer to me to being involved um because the same habitat is it's beneficial and what i love is the nwtf sees that like you go on their Mm -hmm. instagram page not only pictures of turkeys like during deer season it's deer
6: Mm
4: -hmm. (laughs) yep i commend them for doing that but also cliff for like taking your first event of it doesn't have to be the banquet's coming and we need those and that's great um Mm -hmm. but in. Um so the main uh crew is we just had a banquet and i believe it was a record banquet um which was pretty awesome nice. it was a lively crowd we sold out our tickets yeah uh, we got a ton of amazing donations from bruins playoff tickets to um dog treats and coffee and camping equipment and firearms and, um, uh, vacation rental at like someone's camp. It was, it
2: was really,
4: um, good, good group. And so they're working or we are all working on, um, I'm pushing for like a 3d archery event. Um, Mm -hmm. like, Partnering maybe with BHA, um, and just getting more people together with like-minded things. Um, a women's like learn to turkey on event. Um, there's definitely a lot of demand for that in our area. Um, and I am also been trying to start a second chapter kind of up in my area. Um, we only have one chapter in Maine right now or impressively uh-huh. New England has a lot of chapters for such small states.
0: They
4: have <laughs> a lot of chapters. <laughs> um and so Maine has kind of gone back and forth with that over the years. So Carter and I I kind of told them, I could that yeah, we can't talk about this till turkey season's over. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh some so Maine used to some like cool historical things with turkeys is they used to actually almost be gone in the state of Maine turkeys did. Mm -hmm. And so it was a lottery system to get a Turkey tag at one point. Um, And then it used to only be, you could only hunt till noon. And now there is so many turkeys in Maine (laughs) to the point that everyone or a lot of people hate them. Um, Or you kind of get the like, oh, it's so easy to turkey hunt. Like, mm. ugh, for that, it's so easy. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> like, or, like, okay. <laughs> like, some days it's fairly easy. Other days it is not easy. <laughs> um, and so we have pretty big bag limits now. Um, two males in the spring. And then in my area, which is kind of southern um is i get kind of five birds in the fall mm, either wow. yeah which is wild um but this year it's been pretty cool and nwtf did highlight it a little bit we've um captured the department of inland fisheries and wildlife um captured a lot a bunch of birds and shipped them down to texas to help revitalize their eastern turkey population um and to my knowledge it they all made it there i know that um i don't know how they're doing now i think some of them had little like
0: radio backpacks um which i find hilarious oh yes (laughs) have you guys seen the the Pult radio backpacks
4: no, Are it they is like-
0: the no. cutest thing on the planet. I- <laughs> they're like little tiny little radio backpacks and they put them on the pulse. It is, it's unbelievably cute. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That,
4: that felt pretty special to like, have Maine be a part of that and they're upping their banding um, efforts to try to just learn more about their behavior where they're traveling. One of the biologists said probably the coolest thing was one banded bird was found 30 miles from where it was originally banded, which. Wow. Turkey. So
0: it's traveling. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's exciting. Well, I'll have to, um, we'll put in the show notes, um, article We have we have some uh, some articles about that that okay. stocking program um, in East Texas. It's the they call it Super Stocking. I won't go real into detail on that because I don't want to I don't want to butcher that the details on that study because um, <laughs> I'll I'll leave that for the for the article. But for people <laughs> yeah. who are interested, we'll put that in the show notes um, that people can check that out. Um, which speaking of next door to you guys, which I'm j je- I'm pretty jealous of the, the New England states because like Fred and uh David and some of those guys, they're always talking about they're like, oh you know, I'm gonna go to Vermont and then Maine this week and then I'm gonna <laughs> go to New Hampshire and I'm like, oh my uh, God, like it's just like an
5: hour or two drive Yeah. Always going around. I I I, I like uh I, I hate waking up to Fred's posts
6: <laughs> in the morning
5: to see where he shot his most recent bird. <laughs> uh,
0: yes, I know. <laughs> yes. The um we just had put out too for if people who are interested in the history of turkey conservation in that area, um, the Vermont fishing game shared with us this really cool turkey film from 1969. It was shot mm-hmm. on 16 millimeter film. Um <laughs> And it is like everything you'd expect it to be with like cheesy synth and like <laughs> all about like the the history of of the turkey in in the state from uh a, you know a couple decades ago um, and so that's on our YouTube channel so you check if you know you want to see if you're into that kind of stuff. I geek out about vintage film, but, um, we also have an article about, about that, that history, but you know, that's kind of the story of, of turkeys everywhere. And I remember, um, I'd read this book about, uh, conservation history in Missouri and, um, our deer herd, I want to say got under a thousand deer, um, in the, at the turn of the century, we have like 11 beavers statewide. We have like a handful of Turkey, you know, less than a hundred. I think it's been a little while since I read it, but, um, that's one of those things that we just, I think as a new hunter, um, and, and maybe people who are in, in more in our age group, we don't necessarily realize, especially with turkeys that like, man, there were it's not that long ago when there were no turkeys in areas um, where deer numbers in certain areas were really low. And obviously, um, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of work and and putting a lot of money into research and, and habitat work to address current population declines. But um, it is one of those things that man, none of this stuff happens on its own. And that's been one of the things that has, has been both sobering, but also very exciting is, is realizing like conservation is not sort of the domain of the fish and game agency. Like conservation is really driven by people and just volunteers, local communities. Um, And yeah, like your wildlife biologists are helping it, but 90 whatever percent of of public land especially you know east of the mississippi is uh is privately held and you know most of the wildlife uh kind of lives in in those domains and is subject to the the conservation efforts of of regular people and you know without guys like um like your your folks over in in maine and without guys like cliff or, you know, all of our volunteers throughout the country, it's like those, the projects that are making stuff happen, this wouldn't exist. And it's, it's exciting to be a part of that. It's, it's also, you know, a little bit, a little bit sobering. Cause you're like, man, you know, the, the burden is on us <laughs> as, as hunters and, and anglers that, you know we have to kind of take up that that call, um, and and be proactive and not just buy a license and and say that that's enough because it it's not. I'll get off my soapbox on that. <laughs> Let's no, see. you're right. It's a lot of work, but it's important stuff. In the interest of, um, I wondered if you can give people if you have any any late season turkey hunting tips for those people who are still out there whose seasons are still open who have not gotten it done who are maybe are feeling discouraged and and thinking there are no turkeys in these <laughs> anywhere they're all gone <laughs> mm-hmm. they none of them gobble ever I might as well just go home and eat a pint of ice cream and cry
4: <laughs> well um <laughs> Well, maybe this will be like advice for myself. Uh, and this is- <laughs> I ate a pint of ice cream with a plastic knife on the way home the other day. Feeling <laughs> uh, we a little attacked, Gilbert. But, uh, <laughs> I think I was talking with some good friends the other day that were seeing the turkey behavior, at least in our area, kind of be like spring has come on really fast here in new England. Um, like grass is super high. Pollen is everywhere. It's just, everything's changing fast. Kind of like what you said, it's already summer down there. We're not quite in summer temperatures yet, but it's, everything's changing. Um, so we were discussing that it was almost like we needed to hunt turkeys like deer. Mm. Um, of looking at their patterns and okay and it's hard if you're going into a new place so i'm battling that right now and um like i know there's turkeys here so i know they're going to the neighbors and then they go along the brook and then they cross the brook and they roost here and um it's if you know their patterns, or they're in this field that you watch them in every day, and then they go through the woods, it's trying to cut them off. I think, and we have the the benefit that they can't smell you like I'm like mm-hmm. a deer. Um, so that's kind of the one bigger tip I think I've been trying to think about, and um. I actually, I went out tonight to just see kind of what was around and grab some game cameras, uh, cards, and I didn't see anything. And we had some crazy wind come through, so I, I don't know what they really did, if they roosted early. But, like, I saw a beaver go through the brook, and I was like, oh, there's a win. Yeah. And, um, Not what I'm looking for, but... <laughs> and i know just some people are like that and some people aren't where they're like i did not get what i came for so this is not a success um but i try really hard to you know what are there mushrooms coming out or fiddlehead mm-hmm. or you you know what other wildlife is out there is it a beautiful evening like do you just need to kind of turn everything off in your brain and get eaten by mosquitoes and collect ticks. Cause that's also what I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Late season. I think you're, it's either, they're going to like get the second wave of being hot and you're going to be able to hunt them like you normally do, or you're going to kind of have to change your tactics and cut them off on the, on the hunt. So that's yeah. fine. That's what I'm telling myself, at least since I haven't shot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a good, That that's a perfect segue into my experience this year because, um, so I was hunting, um, a bit of, of a public land that's close to me. Um, and first, first day of the season, I had like the. The ideal stereotypical like turkey hunt. I found a bird that was roost. I I from pr- last year I had I'd gotten very close, but um, was not able to seal the deal ultimately because it's uh, the area that I was hunting in. It's a lot of mixed sort of like big bottomland woods, but then like these like pretty thick like sycamore and like, um, box elder kind of and maple tree like groves where it's like a lot of small trees. Um, and so it's pretty close quarters and you know, you'll get a 15 second window to like shoot a bird where you like see him come in and then it's like, he sees you and he's gone. And so you have to really be paying attention. And so I I had like a perfect opportunity, you know, had this bird come in. It was it was per, I was like beyond thrilled um, because I had a hen that came and flew down like 15, 20 feet from me. So I'm like sitting there frozen, like, Oh my God. And I have a Tom that's strutting up at about probably 40, 50 yards from me. Um, but I couldn't see that there was a little wire fence that he was just not into crossing. It's like about a knee high wire fence. And he just kept going back and forth. And I totally whiffed it. I was I was super nervous because I was like, oh, this hen's gonna bust me any second, and just made a terrible judgment call, whiffed the shot, totally got away. Mm-hmm. I was so mad at myself. I was like, oh no, I can't believe I did that. Like this was like this was the picture perfect scenario. It was this should have totally worked out, and I just messed it up. Um, and so ended up walking around and Kicking morels and just sort of being like, you know what? You know, I'm just gonna find some mushrooms and I'm not gonna worry too much about it. And then the next day, um, I ended up going to an area that was close to it and just hearing tons of birds, had like a couple, three or four situations where I had a, a bird like come in that I just couldn't get a shot, I had one come in behind me and walking around and it's probably like 10 or 11 at that, at that point. And, and I'm like, man, I'm kind of feeling like just leaving pretty frustrated. And I stumble upon this area where there's a bunch of scratching and droppings. And, you know, speaking of what you were talking about with, with hunting them like deer, it's like, Oh, okay. This is an area with a lot of sign I know there are birds in the area like they may not be responding to my calls right now, but they're somewhere around here. And so I was just like, well, I guess we're just going to sit here for another hour. I'm going to put our, put the big boy pants on and, and not just give up and, you know, tough it out for another hour or two and see what happens. And sure enough, you know, had a started getting some hens calling back to me, had a hen come out in front of me about 10 yards and I'd, happened to look over my shoulder and there was a Tom coming in behind me at like 20 yards. And so I scooted around and shot him right when he stepped out in between a tree. And I was like, Oh my God, like, can't believe that happened. And it was just, you know, I had been sitting in the, in those woods calling for like an hour and a half previous, but those turkeys were not, they weren't responding. They were just moving through and you know right place right time you find sign and sit on it and sometimes that's you know you get lucky and they they come through the area and it's you know felt like a deer hunt it didn't feel like a turkey hunt And i don't know that sometimes that works i'm certainly no uh no expert in at turkey hunting but do you guys have anything um for the good of the order that you would you know, any upcoming programs, any upcoming events that you want to plug um, that people should know about?
5: I mean, I'll go, um, I mean for those listening, we have, uh, if you're in the New York City area, we've got, uh, let's see, we've got a turkey hunting and deer hunting seminar. Um, then we um, coming up in June and then July, a deer scouting workshop um and then in August our uh first annual banquet so definitely um like I said if if any of you the listeners are from New York City or within an hour to a drive please um we could always uh use volunteers you know what I'm saying because volunteers are the lifeblood of this organization mm-hmm. um and if any of these listeners know, are from out of outside of new york city but know someone in new york city that is looking to who's interested in getting into hunting and um don't have necessarily um a connection um to it they can definitely reach out to us as well
0: yeah and um if you don't follow (laughs) cliff and get the uh updates on the nyc chapter cliff what are the instagram handles for
5: for you and for the uh, nyc chapter um all right so most important, most important to me because um it's it's really about this chapter um and we use uh instagram as our primary form of uh, communication it is at nwtf.nyc um we like to repost a lot of the nwtfs um, instagram stuff and share uh information about what's going on with our chapter as well um and then if anyone wants to follow me i am at urban archery nyc um and that same information also is shared um through there
0: cool yeah so if you're new, if you're in new york you want to get into hunting um even if you don't call yourself a turkey hunter Check out the NYC chapter, get connected with them, do an archery event, whatever. Um, it'll, it'll be a good opportunity to connect with some like-minded people um, who are also interested in hunting and conservation. Um, mm-hmm. Emily, do you have anything for the good of the order?
4: So the main team is going to be at the main moose lottery um, with some information and games for kids um and so that is in june i think (laughs) yes it's in june um and then i know we're working on uh like i mentioned building another chapter in maine so women i don't have dates and exact details but um the Southern Maine Strutters is our main chapter uh, right now, and you can find them on Facebook. It's probably the easiest easiest way to communicate with us that mm-hmm. way. Uh, and then uh, myself is Instagram, I-N-S-T-A-H-C-R-A-M. Um, and I post a lot of turkey stuff.
0: Yeah. Like, <laughs> a lot of
4: turkey stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like if you want to see a turkey on the side of the road and me saying good morning to it, follow me
0: (laughs) (laughs) and yeah so it's similar to for anybody who's in Maine if you're looking for um, for other turkey hunters if you're wondering to yourself (laughs) why is there not another chapter in Maine I would like to be a part of that and Lee is a good person to contact <laughs> yeah and we
4: are actually we are working to doing some like habitat management uh programs or like days with the department and with some other uh conservation groups and some school groups wanted to get involved so we're excited to kind of nail that stuff down for the year.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, I really appreciate your guys' time. It was a pleasure. Um we'll have to do it again and I'm sure people will see more of your lovely faces on our instagram account if if you don't follow us on instagram you should at official nwtf um and we're on everything we're on youtube and tiktok and uh facebook and twitter and you you won't see me doing any dances on tiktok but we'll have lots of
5: uh i was just about to ask that.
0: (laughs) no no unfortunately or fortunately i think that is not part of our uh, media repertoire, um, but not yet. <laughs> yes. Not yet. Yes. I guess never say never. <laughs> for charity, for the right amount of money.
5: <laughs> All there you right, well, there we go.
0: It was a pleasure, guys.
6: Hi, everyone. It's Hannah with the communications team, bringing you an update from the field. In recent news, South Carolina lawmakers have decided to overturn the ban on Sunday hunting on public land in the state. This decision will provide hunters with unprecedented seven-day access to public lands. Starting May 26, 2023, this new regulation will go into effect allowing Sunday hunting on eight wildlife management areas and two national forests from October fifteenth through January 31st. This decision comes as a result of extensive public support for Sunday hunting on public land. Wildlife management areas in South Carolina are funded by sportsmen and women who contribute financially to support conservation efforts. In 2021 alone, sportsmen and women of South Carolina generated over $31 million for state-based conservation initiatives. Allowing Sunday hunting access on these lands represents a significant triumph. Not only does this recognize the contributions of hunters towards conservation, but it is also an essential step towards fostering the next generation of hunters through the expansion of hunting opportunities.
0: Once again, thanks for listening. We will have the link to that East Texas Superstocking program in the show notes, as well as the Vintage Vermont film if you had an interest in that. We have a ton of really awesome research and on the ground conservation work happening across the United States that we're excited to share with you about. And for everyone who's still out there turkey hunting, good luck for the end of your season. And for the rest of you all, we'll see you next time.
3: Hey guys, this is Aaron with The Hunting Public. Each spring we head to the woods chasing turkeys and one overlooked product that we use religiously is Sawyer permethrin. We've used it for years to keep ticks off of us and it's worked extremely well. We don't like messing around with Lyme disease, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, anything like that. So I would highly recommend if you're a spring turkey hunter spending any time in warmer climates in the outdoors to use Sawyer permethrin. Learn about their advanced insect repellents and family of technical lightweight water filters at sawyer.com.
2: Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com conservation.
1: Hey y'all, I'm Jason Hart, founder of Nomad Hunting Clothing. At Nomad, we're bringing simplicity and authenticity back to hunting. Whether you hunt to escape your hectic work life, for locally sourced organic meat, or to socialize with friends, to uphold your favorite family traditions, we're with you and we do the same. At Nomad, we understand your gears and investments, so our products are engineered and priced for every hunter, tested in the real world, and designed to last. Hunting is in all of us. Nomad is with
6: you.